Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Women's Pelvis Wellness. Today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Nina Manolson and she is actually we met through a networking group that we are both part of and I was honestly instantly attracted to you. I don't know what it is, but something with gray hair. I just love women with gray hair, like who just let it go naturally. So um, I, I don't know. I've just always been drawn to that. I think a lot of the older ladies in my family, well, they all went gray or white very early. And, you know, I just love them so much. <laughs> so thank you for being here with us today. And um, this is a really exciting episode. She's going to talk about our relationships with our bodies. And that's exciting. So if you could just share a bit about yourself. Absolutely. So first of all, I just want to um, thank you for the gray hair appreciation. So I grew up with a, a mom who went gray very early and I loved her hair. Yeah. And I remember she started to experiment it with some point with dye. And I was like, Oh, don't do that. Yeah. So then when my hair started to go gray, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do something about that. And I remembered my words of like, Oh, don't do that. Yeah. So I felt like, okay, I'm going with it. So I'm enjoying it. And thank you. Okay. And I think that part of that, you know, whether, you know, it's not that you know, choosing to go gray is better than not choosing to go gray, right. but it has to do with how do we want to be in relationship with our body? How do we want to age? How do we want to really be and show up for ourselves in a place that feels um, supportive to ourselves, right? right? Whether it's like, no, I want to dye my hair fuchsia, right? That's what feels authentic to me, or I want to let it go great. There's no wrong. It's just what's your choice, right? What What do you want to, how do you want to feel? Mm -hmm. um, and the piece that I would love for us to like dive into and get juicy with is is that we actually get to choose the kind of relationship we have with our body. Right. And, um, and I find in my experience, so I, I've worked with women for three decades around their relationship with their body, um, is that women feel like they don't really have a choice about the kind of relationship that they're in with their body because of how we've been raised to be so critical. Right. Right. Oh, what's wrong? You know, I don't like my hair. My hair is too thin or my hair is too curly. I don't like my boobs. They're too small or they're too big. I don't like my belly. It's too round or it's too stretch marky. I don't like my, you know, I could go all the way down the body, right? We all have that sort of been trained into that critical nature. Right. And that relationship that many, many women have with their bodies when they look in the mirror 
is one of body hate and body shame. Right. And it feels bad. Right. It just does. And I know because like I was there for decades right. in looking in the mirror, wishing my body was different. Mm-hmm. Right. Wishing I grew up with the, I guess, just who was shown in the media at the time that I was <laughs> growing up, tall, blonde and thin. That's what I was supposed to be. I am neither tall, nor am I blonde, and nor was I ever very particularly slim. So right. I was like, well, I don't fit. Mm-hmm. So I better try to change my body. Right. So most women are sitting in there mm-hmm. in that place of body hate and body shame. And out of that comes this place of, I'm going to do something about that. Right. I'm going to change that. I'm going to go on paleo, keto, yeah. intermittent fasting, Sears diet, zone diet, uh, you know, all the diets, yeah. all the things, right? Uh, for me, it was Weight Watchers, um, this dates me, Scarsdale diet, um, a, a million detoxes, a million cleanses, a million macro, micro, you know, macronutrient balance, like all of that. Let me, let me manage this body. Mm-hmm. And so we jump out of body hate and body shame into good. I got it. I'm in control. Now I've got this recipe and I've got this management model and it's going to work. Really, it's going to work for me. And so we dive in head first, super excited, and it lasts until it doesn't. Right. Right. It lasts for a week. It lasts for two months. It lasts sometimes for a year or two. Right. And incorporating my work into that, that is because you can't. No, no physical issue is a physical problem. It starts with energy and emotion, you know, and that inner mindset. So, I mean, if you are only, you know, if you're only going to exercise and diet, but you're not going to work on your inner self, then you're never going to get where you want to be. Absolutely. And that's that inner part that we're talking about, right? That energy that goes into what's the authentic relationship we're having with ourselves. What's the inner dialogue? I had a mindset. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a really interesting experience. Um, my daughter just turned 13 on September 20th. And I had seven seventh grade girls <laughs> at her party. And listening to them talk about themselves was really sad. Because I'm like, it's already starting. Not all of them. You know, all, some of them were fine. But, you know, one was complaining because she's a stick. She, she said, my body looks like a toothpick. You know, and the other one said, I don't mind my body, but I don't like my face. And it just made me so sad because I said, all of you girls are beautiful. You're all beautiful. You know, I mean, the one who is a stick, you know, I mean, when you look at her parents, I mean, they're, they're little people. I mean, they're just, they're petite people. And, you know, the other, you know, I mean, the other kids' parents are not. And I told her she was the most beautiful toothpick in all the land. (laughs) That's so perfect, right? That's her own brand of beauty. Yeah. Right. So that if we can celebrate yeah. the by the the physical diversity that we all show up with, right. and then and name it. Okay, this is yeah. my brand of beauty. Right. So okay, my brand of beauty is curvy, short brunette. Okay, that's yeah. me. Right. Yeah. Right. Like each of us has our own way of showing up, right. and that takes to to get out of that cycle 
of body hate and then body management, right, does take some mindset work, does take some energetic shifting, does take some support because all our culture shows us is, oh, you're a woman living in a body. Here are your two options. You can hate your body or you can manage your body. Right. And then what this does is puts us in a diet loop. It's yeah. the diet cycle. I hate my body. I feel bad. Let me do something about it. Okay, I'm doing something. I'm doing something great. I'm here. I, we go. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I can't hold it anymore. It's too much. And then, yeah. oh my gosh, what am I doing? I failed. And then you binge. Yes, the failure. And then, right, the that failure. awful. <laughs> right. And, and I hear it all the time when, you know, I invite women into the programs that I do. They're like, I'm afraid because I'm going to fail again. Right. I've failed so many diets. So it's, and then I failed, I failed, I feel shame and blame and hate. And then around I go again in the diet cycle. So to get out of that, the, that like ball of the, we want to move into other relationships with our body that feel right. like we're being seen for our own brand of beauty. Right. We're being appreciated for our own special needs, right? I often say a lot of women have special needs bodies, right? People come to me and say, but I have really intense blood sugar issues. I'm like, great. Or I have really intense inflammation. Okay, great. I have really hard time with whatever, like all of our bodies have special needs. Like if you think about your kids, right? Each of them, even if they're not like labeled like this is a special needs kid, like by the school, that kind of special yeah. needs. Yeah. But if you think of them, they each have a certain something Definitely. that they need, that they need a, a vulnerability yeah. somewhere where they really need to be met, mm -hmm. to be nourished, to be a little extra support in that area. One thing that um, I've heard from a couple of different people, well, I shouldn't say one thing, it's actually two different things, but they tie together. So the I am statements, you know, always saying I am, I am, I am, like affirmations are great and they help a lot of people. But, you know, I can say I am, you know, because my goal weight is like 180 pounds, which is still overweight for my height, but I would love to be 180 pounds and I'm definitely not there. And so if you always say, you know, I, I am thin and fit. 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 Well, I can say that a hundred times a day and it's not true now. Mm -hmm. So if you say stuff like, may I know that I am, it kind of honors where you are while trying to get where you're going. So um, Abraham Hicks, she has the focus wheel and that's what I use and it helps me. So you can put your goal in the middle of the wheel and then you can write all of the things like spokes around that honoring where you are while moving into where you want to be. So my goal is, you know, I want a fit, healthy body and my, may I know that I am and the spokes are, you know, I really enjoy cooking nutritious meals. I love fruits and vegetables. You know, I feel great when I get the, my water in, you know, I feel energized when I'm walking. So it's honoring all of that where you currently are while moving into where you want to be without having that, ah, oh, I'm not there yet. I fail. I quit. I'm going to go eat some chips. 
Right. Well, there's a couple of things that you're saying that are really important. One is that the number going for weight loss to me, and I've been working with women for decades on this, yeah. the number is not a great goal. Right. Our, the number doesn't help us. What happens yeah. with when we're going for a number is we start defining ourselves by the number. We are not right. a number. Exactly. We're so much more than a number, right? We're somebody who loves eating vegetable soup or somebody who wants to be able to get down off on the floor and play with our kids or grandkids and get back up easily. We're right. women yeah. who ha are creative. Like There's more. So right. when someone says, I just want to lose weight or I want to be at this weight, I say, okay, so what does that feel like? Yeah. Because then we can be in relationship with that experience, mm -hmm. right? When it's a weight, then we're at that weight, yay, we're not at that weight, boo. Like that gets us right back into body management and body hate, that diet right. cycle that's so painful. Mm -hmm. So my invitation is when you, when, you know, whether it's you or whoever's listening says, well, if I could just be this weight, dive deeper. Right. The weight is a placeholder yeah. for something much more powerful. I want to feel dynamic. I want to feel like I, my joints move easily. I want to feel. I want to. I want to feel more at home in my body. Great. Let's work for those because yeah. those are sustainable goals. Because one thing I can guarantee you is your body will change your whole life. It's a right. fact for women. Yeah. So when we start holding on to, oh, if I could just get that weight and stay there. Really? Have you ever seen anybody's body like stay exactly the same through their entire life? That's not reality, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's one piece. The other piece that I want to unpack about what you said is the word overweight. Oh, and, yeah. um, and I, and we all thank use the medical it. system. <laughs> What's that? I said, thank you. Medical system. Right. Because I remember about the 180. I, I, yeah, exactly. Why I have that number in my head is because I remember how I felt, how good I felt when I was that number. Right. So that's so yeah. then so then dig into that. Right. What's right. that feeling I want? Because that feeling could happen now. And then here's what happens. This is the really magic part. When we start feeling that way, mm -hmm. we start treating ourselves better. Right. We start feeding ourselves in a way that really serves us, nourishes us the way we know we deserve. Mm -hmm. So then we can like unhook from the diet culture, like you should be this weight into yeah. an internal experience mm -hmm. of what it means to feel truly good in your own skin. Right. right? Oh, and yeah. that whole thing of thank you, medical system, absolutely. That overweight and all those charts we all grew up with, mm -hmm. like over what weight? Who says? Everybody's body's different. Everybody's yeah. bone structure is different. Like, like who says over what weight? So right. a language that I think is much more helpful that starts to create a more weight inclusive world, which is what we need, which is I'm living in a larger body. I'm living in a smaller body, right? Yep. Because it's more descriptive mm -hmm. than overweight. It also allows, it doesn't, when we say we're overweight, especially in a public setting, and someone else is living in a larger body, 
it's a little bit triggering for that person. Like what yeah, absolutely am I? So then what am I? Right. Like I was feeling okay. But then if she thinks she's over, right. So if we can just like pull out the weight conversation right. and instead have the conversation, how do I feel in my body? What do I notice? Right. And that when we were talking about the different relationships we have with our body, that's the next real relationship we want which is a relationship of connection, awareness, curiosity, right? Instead of management. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, you know, I can say honestly that I am, I mean, I am probably about 90%, 90, yeah, 90% totally in love with myself, like my body. <laughs> you know, I, I really am, but I, I mean, I worked really hard to get there. So um, I haven't actually even thought about that number for a while, but I just brought it up because this. So obviously there's, you know, a little piece left there to get past. But um, but I, I really do. I mean, I feel like this is the this is the suit I get to hang out in this lifetime. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, that's so. so beautiful, right? This is this is my home for now. This is where I get to hang out. Absolutely. And I really relate because for so much of my life I was like, oh, if I could just change my yeah. home right? And to be able to get to a place where you're like, okay, this is my home. How do I want to treat my home? How do I want to be in this home? How do I make myself more at home? And for many women, because there's such a history of trauma in our culture for men and women, right. but specifically around, you know, sexual trauma, surgical trauma, illness, um, all these ways that our bodies start to feel unsafe a big piece of creating this place to be a good home is to work through that right. to, and to be able to make this a safer place. Yeah. So when women come and work with you, um, I guess, what does it, what does it look like? Obviously it looks different for everybody. And I'm sure that you have like a general program that you follow, but um you know, what, what are the first things that you kind of try to work with them? Yeah. So the work that I do is body peace work, right? Because what I'm seeing so much is women being at war with their food and their body. Yeah. So the whole path, right? And this is actually one of my programs is the body peace path, right? That's what we're walking. We want to be at that place of peace and feeling good. So Obviously, women have done different kinds of work with themselves, but when women come in, what the first piece that we're looking at is body listening, right? We do the body listening lab. What, how does my body communicate? How do I know? Am I having cravings all the time? Am I doing this late night eating? Am I doing binging? Often our unwanted eating behavior are big messages for our body talking. And many of us, like I say us, because this has been my journey, do this with our body. La, 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 I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, I don't want to talk to her. Like, talk to the hand. I don't want to deal with you and your needs. It's too much, especially in this world right now that has so much going on that sometimes it feels like, oh, how do I take care of myself more? Like. Right. It's so much. So to be able to notice these places where we go, I wish I wasn't eating that way. I wish I didn't make that choice. I feel bad about what I just ate. Instead, to look at that behavior and go, hmm, my body is talking. How do I learn 
the language of my body, right? It's like if you're going to Paris, it's a little handy to know a few phrases in French, right? right? It's nice. Get it to know, get it around a little bit better. If we're going to be in relationship and travel into this land of embodying our physical self, it's handy to know a little of the language of our body. So often that's where we start. And it's amazing to watch the shifts happen very quickly. Because mm -hmm. women are like, oh my gosh, I've been living up here. Like, what should I eat? What did I eat? How many calories? How many grams? Right? Instead of like, what does, what does this body really need? Right? Mm -hmm. I'm eating socially and everybody keeps eating. And I keep eating. But you know what? I was full 20 minutes ago. Right. Or you know what? I'm eating with a bunch of people who are really, really light eaters, but I'm, I'm still hungry. And I stopped eating because I felt ashamed to keep eating. But then I went home and I binged. Yeah. Right. So to be in that place of deep listening and body respect, because what that develops when we're in that listening, responding relationship is it starts to develop a relationship of trust. Right. And that body trust is foundational for being in body peace for being in like, oh yeah, I can trust you instead of feeling like I'm going to make you wrong. You did it. I'm doing this diet so perfectly. and I'm still gaining weight. I don't trust you body. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we get into that, that snarl. So I would say like the first piece, there's a lot more, right? We sure. want to get into, you know, one of the programs that I offer is compassionate eating. We want to get into how does that come to the table? How do we shift our relationship with all the pressures, right? How do we heal the old body story that's happened of how it is that we got into the snarl with our body, right? There's a lot of work, but that first door to open is really the relationship of deep like, oh, this is a relationship. I actually want to be in this relationship sustainably and don't want to continue to manage and hate. Yeah. And then the next piece, piece around how do I learn to truly hear? How do, what, is, what is the language of my body? And everybody's body speaks differently, right? I tend to work with a lot of women whose body is speaking in unwanted be eating behaviors. That's how they end up on my doorstep like i'm binging all the time i don't know what to do i'm you know nibbling through the day i don't know what to do i'm late night eating all the time like that's just what brings people but it's really fundamentally how do i stop the war how do i stop the war with my food and my body so to do that i mean that's obviously completely mindset you know, and then the inner dialogue of, of the, of the how, because I mean, don't, don't you kind of feel like, or maybe not, but like, obviously that inner dialogue, like you have to know that you're worth it first. You have to know that you deserve it. You have to know that you're worth it. You have to know that you can have it. You have to know that, you know, all of those things. Is that kind of like that piece that you're moving through too? We, absolutely. There is that piece because uh, often women don't know that they are worth it, but they do know that they can't, they just don't want to be where they are anymore. Right. They don't yeah. want to be in the war. Like one of the things that I often hear women, so I work with women generally like, you know, 35 to 75. And the women who are 60s and 70s often say to me, I just don't want to die hating my body. 
Oh, that's so sad. It is very sad, right? And you're hearing it start with 13-year-olds, right? So when I asked, recently I just started the Compassionate Eating course, and I said, so how many years have people dieted here? The numbers were astounding. 25 years, 35 years, 50 years, 45 years. It was amazing. And then I said, and how does it make you feel when you look at these numbers? And people were like, I am sad and I am mad. Right, just like you said, this really yeah. sad. We spend so much time and energy trying to control ourselves. And if you've been in any relationship in your life at all, you know how control works. Right. Not so well. Yeah. Right? You try to control somebody else, they're gonna be like, no, no, no. I'm literally having flashbacks from my childhood during this conversation. Say more. Say more. Um because I was, again, you know, rewording, but this is at the time, um, I, some, I don't know, between second and third grade, I just ballooned and I have been quote unquote overweight pretty much every day, you know, all the time since I've had my periods of, you know, going down and going up and all that stuff. Um, but I mean, I remember, <laughs> you know, I want to like out my parents, but I remember them saying specific things to me. And they did not say those things to my other siblings. And I remember, you know, them telling me, you know, you need to stop eating. You need to stop eating. You need to stop eating. And I would literally go in the kitchen when nobody else was looking and I would grab whatever I could and I'd run in the bathroom and I'd shove it in my mouth. And I wouldn't be hungry. And I don't even know why I did it. I mean, I was literally like middle school, Yeah. you know? And I remember my mom taking me to like a dietitian and getting some tests done. She wanted to know if there was like some kind of disorder. And now looking back, it was absolutely 100% like the culture of my home and the emotion and the energy and everything and, and them imposing on me what I should look like, but not trying to figure out why I was eating to begin with. Yes. You know, that's secret eating. Yeah. But that's secret eating. Yeah, for sure. They, you know, they were doing the best they could. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And that secret eating is very powerful. I used to do secret eating also. Yeah. And that secret eating, it comes out of shame. I can't eat this in public. I'm not supposed to eat it. I've been told not to eat it, whether like literally from your parents or from the culture. Right. And so then that sense of I'm like the world is trying to control what I do and has value judgments about what I do. I'll be a good person if I don't eat this. I'll be a bad person if I do eat this. Mm -hmm. Then we go away and be like, and in shame, give ourselves what we're desiring. Yeah. Now, whether the cookies or whatever is really what you desire, maybe, maybe not. Maybe the cookie was exactly what you wanted. But sometimes what we desire is to be able to, like, everybody mind your own business and let me eat what I want to eat and, and trust my body and don't get in the middle of the relationship that I'm trying to develop with my own body. 
right? When I work with young women, and sometimes, you know, I said 35 to 60, but I have some clients who are young just because they found me. And when I work with younger women, they've had a lot less interruption in the relationship with their food and body. And so the work goes much faster Mm -hmm. because they haven't had decades of culture, diet culture, interrupting, telling Mm -hmm. them that they're not hungry or what they really want is this or what their body should look like is this. All that should, it gets, it's painful. Right. Right. Somebody of a client recently said, it's like, she said, when I think about it, it's like a million knives coming in. It's painful and it disconnects us from our inner body wisdom. It disconnects us from listening to our body, from the sensations of body, from knowing what, what we, what our, what would truly nourish us. We've been like, robbed and uh there was a while ago i had a client who said when we were unpacking this relationship um and we were talking about what would it really mean to truly be caring for herself and she was like like not what people tell me to do and i was like yeah like what like what do you know for yourself she's like i don't know i feel like i missed this day in school and i was like (laughs) no no that day never happened. <laughs> yeah, right. It never happened for mm-hmm. us, right? So part of this body peace work, it's body liberation work, it's feminist work. It's really stepping away from this like, and this is how women should be, which I think is so central to this conversation about pelvises, right? And our yeah. power and stepping into who we are fully. Right. Right. And part of that is taking back the ownership of our whole body, including our relationship with our food. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I have three kids. And so I, I just want to encourage parents, if you have a child that you are concerned about (laughs) with eating habits, with, you know, if you, again, with their weight or whatever, if you're concerned Mm -hmm. about their health, you need first look at what you're bringing into the home to eat. Look at how you're cooking. Are you teaching them to cook? Are you giving them well-rounded meals? And how do you eat? How do you talk about yourself? Because I am very cognizant of, you know, when I talk to the kids, you know, we need to have more fruits and vegetables because, you know, I want to be healthy. I want to be around for a long time with you guys. I don't put it in a context of weight ever because I don't want them to ever feel bad about themselves. And Last year when I took my youngest to, you know, for his, tra- his checkup, the doctor said, well, I'm, I'm pretty concerned about his BMI. He's, he's, you know, overweight. And I said, actually, he's just fine. And I got up and I, I said, you need to get dressed, buddy. And I got up and I left because I was pissed, quite frankly. Yeah. Because at the time he was nine. I'm like, you know how many grown spurs this kid is going to go through? You know, I mean, when my daughter was five months old, she was 21 pounds. She was the fattest, chubbiest, squishiest baby ever. And I, oh my gosh, her skin was shiny. She was so chubby and it was great. And my mother-in-law wouldn't even hold her because she was too big. She was too big. And she, you know, she looked at, she, you know, she always commented on people's weights. And I'm like, she's literally an infant, you know? And she stayed at 21 pounds until she was like two and a half. Cause she hit that growth spurt. They start moving, you know, and it's, it's really interesting. Just, yeah. Just looking back at over experiences and just thinking about that. And 
And again, just to kind of reiterate to those parents, if you're concerned about your kids, you need to first look at yourself and, you know, how your relationship with your body and food. Yeah. Don't want to kill your children when you're the one cooking the food for them. No. <laughs> there are so many uh, women that come to me and say, you know, I have issues, but I'm really afraid of passing it on. Yeah. And when I do work with women, a lot of how we learned how to be in relationship with our mother, with ourselves comes from watching our moms. So if we watched our moms get dressed in the morning and be like, oh, I'm too fat. Oh, I can't believe my tummy. Oh, I got to go on a new diet. That's what we learned how to be in relationship with our body was to manage her, to be hating her, to be critical. Mm -hmm. Right. And I hear that a lot. Like, well, but if I'm, but if I develop this compassion for myself, how am I going to change? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is we've been raised with this idea that shame and blame will propel us to create more nourishing change. That is not what the research says at all. Right. What creates more of a pathway towards more nourishing um, rituals in our life and more supportive eating behaviors is when we are in a compassionate, caring, connected, respectful relationship with our body. Right. And so we do, if we're influencing younger kids, we have that power to model you know what, this is my body as it is right now. And I am going to be in a place of kindness. And right. sometimes loving our body feels like a big stretch. Okay. So that's why there's body peace work, right? Like body peace work is, you know, we don't have to be completely in love with another country to be at peace with them, but we can right. be respectful. We sure. can be kind. We can extend support right? So being in a place of body peace is so powerful because right. then sure, does sometimes loving ourselves and feeling all that show up? Absolutely. But we're in a base place of being kind to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And, you know, to go back to, again, because I'm in that space, I keep going back to the kids because I, mm -hmm. I have, you know, yeah. 13, you know, 14, 13 and 10 year old. Um, and, you know, they're, they're just developing, you know, their, their periods are just starting and having a really healthy relationship with their body and with food can honestly help them through any, you know, PMS they may have. Um, and really good solid nutrition is going to help them, um, you know, through their whole cycle. Um, because when you have the, when you have crappy food, I mean, it, it really does, it, it causes more of the cramping and the bloating and the mood swings and all of that stuff. Um, right. and their bodies are changing so rapidly and they don't know what the hell's going on. Right. So to be able to model that and to speak to that, like yeah. our bodies change, they will over and over and over again. And there's a very powerful um, piece of research that's come out in the last 10 years or so, but that there are two places where our children are most, or where women are most vulnerable to eating disorders. And that is coming into fertility and leaving fertility, right? right. So if you think about it into adolescence, how much our bodies changed, yeah. it's dramatic. And coming out of fertility, 
perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, that's a big shift, right? Our hormones are like, and those two shifts are very hard for us to tolerate in a culture that expects our body to stay static. Mm -hmm. And so when our bodies are in this wildly transformative time, we say, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in control. What's the diet I better be on to try to stay the same? Well, staying the same is never going to happen. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So to be able to model and speak to our kids and speak to ourselves in the reality, change is the nature of bodies. Yeah. Thank goodness, right? You yeah. think about your whole body changes if you're pregnant, your whole body changes post-pregnancy, your whole body changes if you're ill, your whole body heals and changes again as it's, you know, it changes again as it's healing, Yeah, right? To be able to have that, <clears throat> excuse me, that sense of assurance that your body will in fact change. Yeah. And yeah, thankfully, I mean, I remember telling you know, just all my girlfriends, you know, throughout the years, you know, if I, I just want to get into that dress again, or I just want to do this again. And I'm like, you wore that dress in college, girlfriend. You've had two kids since then. <laughs> no? yes. Or like, or like, um, how many clothes I saved for so many years because I was eventually going to fit into them. And I thought to myself one time, I said, even if I got back down again, quote unquote, to that weight, my body has shifted. It's not yes. going to look the same anyway. You know, and so now I really just focus on being, on feeling good and feeling strong. That's what works for me. I like to feel good and I like to feel strong and, you know, I don't do that or that doesn't happen for me, you know, when I get in those slumps where I'm eating crappy, which definitely happened at the beginning of the shutdown. (laughs) For, for so many women, so many women, right? But there's something you said that's very powerful. You said, I focus on feeling strong. So in the way that our diet, um, diets don't work. So the statistics are alarming. 95% of people who go on diets gain their weight back, if not more in two to five years, right? That's the statistic. So if we look at the reality is, is this whole body hate, body shame, body management, that diet cycle, it just doesn't work right? But what does work, what research has borne out is that when we're strong, when we're physically active, when we are in movement, when we are in motion, when we are agile, that has health benefits, Mm -hmm. right? Dieting, what does it make? It makes for more dieting. What does more dieting do? Creates disordered eating. What does, what is, like the, the most, when you look at eating disorders, the most um, powerful predictor for an eating disorder is dieting. Oh, yeah. Right? So dieting actually is a recipe for a not supportive relationship with your body. Yeah. When you're saying, I want to be strong, great. Let's go move. Let's be active. All of those things that make us feel strong, both mentally, emotionally, and physically, those things have research that says, yeah, that's going to help you feel good in your life. That's going to give you longevity. That's going to support wellness, mm-hmm. right? So when people look at the, the diets, like I'm just doing a wellness thing. I'm doing this wellness cleanse. I'm doing this detail. I'm like, uh, like we're in the land of actually like statistics that don't go well for women in terms of their relationship with their bodies. 
So I've got a question. Um, I do, I actually do a cleanse like just three times a year and it's only for a week. Um, and it's specifically, you know, to help detox, um, my liver and gallbladder. Mm -hmm. I mean, is, is that okay to do? So I think it really depends on you, right? I don't really, and I used to lead cleanses and detoxes like I was 100% health coaching. My experience of doing that for many years is most women then boomerang in some way. Yeah. There's some, there's, a, there's the biology of deprivation. When we feel deprived yeah. in some way, whoosh, it goes that way. And so what I found, even though people are like, oh my God, I feel so great, it feels so fabulous, is that there was a, a, a boomerang effect. There was a, like a slingshot, like, like it, was, it just boomeranged back into, yeah. oh gosh, I'm not doing that. I feel bad about myself. I'm not doing that. And when I finished, I missed all my... Yeah. whatever I was eating before. And so I ate more of it. Yeah. What I think is more powerful is to having a sort of a, a more like there's no restriction because right. then we can be in a place of truly nourishing our yeah. body. Well, and I don't do those cleanses to lose weight or however you want to word it release. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's not my goal. My goal is literally to like, hopefully clean out my inside. <laughs> if, if it feels like, and not everybody has issues around, sure. you know, deprivation and all of this, like the women that I work with yeah. are women who have struggled with diets their whole life. Women who are feeling bad about their body. If you're in a place where, you know what, I can experiment with my food and it has no impact. There's no kickback of me then wanting, you know, five bags of cookies because yeah. for five days I didn't have cookies. Right. Yeah. Like if that's not that an issue for sure. Right. Yeah. If that's not an issue for you, then, and it doesn't interrupt your solid relationship with your food and your body, okay. then fine. Right. People, some people are like, but you know, my husband, he just does this regimented thing. I'm like, great. If that works for him and that's not his issue, Kudos, fine. That's his right. relationship with his food and body. Well, Who yeah. am I to get in the middle of that one? And men and women have very different body chemistry and very yes. different hormone cycles. And ladies, we cannot compare ourselves to men. And also, this is something interesting I very I learned while doing this podcast. I didn't know that our entire nutritional guidelines were based on men. It's oh, yeah. All, it's all based on men. And then I sat back and I thought, I'm like, this entire nation was built by men. Like all the systems were built by men, every four men. Like nobody gave a thought to, you if know, you ever sit on an airplane, I'm yeah. like, every time I sit on a plane, I'm like, this was not designed for my body. This was designed for a man, right? Yeah. I'm not comfortable. I get in yeah. every car. This was not designed for me. Yeah. This was designed for a man. Mm -hmm. right? Like literally all you have to do is sit in chairs to remember that most of the metrics that our medical architectural design world uses is men, right? Yeah. And same when it comes to eating. And I don't mean men and women. I mean more of a feminine model versus a masculine model. Sure. So the masculine yeah. model for towards nutrition, you know, this many grams of this, this many grams of that, and this many macros, this many, this, that, you know, like yeah. really like, like baseball, right? Here are the yeah. stats. Women... Yeah. The more feminine model, again, I'm not saying men and women because it crosses yep. genders, but the Absolutely. more feminine model is I'm listening. 
in yeah. hearing, I'm attending to, it comes from an intuitive place. I'm in a place of trust. I'm in a place of safety. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I always stress to women too, is to know your norms. And if you have got this, if you've got this really great relation, connected relationship with your body, and you have a healthy relationship with food, that's going to help you honestly with all of the things that I help women with. Um, but also if something is a little off within your body, you're going to notice it a lot sooner Yes, because you're so connected. That's the perfect place to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So Nina, do you want to just shout out and just share with everybody how they can find you and if you have anything coming up? Yeah. So um, the best place to find me is on my website, which is ninamanelson.com. And I have a bunch of different things coming up. I have a body listening lab coming up. I have a compassionate eating course coming up. I have the body peace path coming up. Um, there's also opportunities to work individually. I have a group that's just for providers, for other health coaches and therapists. Um, so there's a lot on the menu. That's for great. You to and I'm assuming from. all that's on your website. It's all on my website under Wonderful. work with me. Thank you so much for being here today. I think this was such a, this is really, you know, I mean, the foundation, this is the bedrock. So this is a really key piece to all health yes. in every aspect. It really is. Amy, thank Perfect. you so much for having me. It's a thank delight to talk here. to you. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a pelvis wellness warrior.